today, I'm going to teach you an ancient biblical practice. But first, I'm going to teach you the science behind it so that you can see that the Bible was the head of science always. We're going to talk about the ancient biblical practice of meditation right towards the back of my talk. But I'm going to take some time to teach you a little bit about the science behind it because I actually want you to do something today, to change something, maybe a practice in your life. So here we go. Today we want to talk about the rewire principle and get under the skin of what transformation really means. Are you there with me in Romans chapter 12, verse 2? It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Things operate in patterns and habits. They operate along the same lines. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When your mind is renewed, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. You'll be able to walk in that will, his good, his pleasing, and perfect will. Now, our church mission statement is transform lives Transforming lives. Yeah. Oh, glad. I'm glad three people knew it. And, um, but we're often very passive about that transformation, as if God is going to transform us. And indeed, that is true. But how many of you understand that we have to walk with him in that? I read, uh, saw a really fascinating film uh, this week, and it was about Andre Agassi, who was the American champion tennis player, and he detected a tick or a habit that Boris Becker, the German tennis player, had. And I'm not going to do it because it'd be too uh, gross on camera, but Boris Becker used to put his tongue out when he was going to, in the middle, when he was going to serve down the middle. And Andre Agassi noticed this. He noticed that he would put his tongue in a certain position just before he was going to serve. And if he was going to serve wide, his tongue, he would flick it out to the side of his mouth. I'm trying not to do it. Uh, and um, and he, he knew that when his tongue went out to the side, he was going to serve wide. And he noticed this by watching videos of him. And then when he played him, he tried it out. He spotted when he was going to do that. Now, Boris Becker, he said this, I thought he was reading my mind. I, I thought that how can he know exactly where I'm going to serve? He talked to his wife, and later on, Andre Agassi told him and said, you know, when they're both retired, and, you know, after everybody retires, they all become friends. Uh, after he retired, he told him what he did. He nearly fell off his chair. He said, I used to go home to my wife and say, he can read my mind. But actually, what he was doing was, was noticing a habit. He was noticing a pattern. Have you wonder, ever wondered why almost without thinking you repeat the same thinking? Have you ever noticed that, that there are some days you go out and you do not wish to overspend, but you overspend? You, you, you say to yourself, I'm never going to fall into that argument again, but you fall into that argument again. Because we, through repeated use of our brains, our brains they operate in a repeated pattern format because our brains are 
wired that way. In Alaska, in America, um, they have uh, uh, like a brief summer that warms the snow up and so on, and the roads become really muddy, and then when, the, when it frosts over again, it forms great ruts along, along the road. And actually, there's a sign in, the, in Alaska that says, choose your rut carefully because you're going to be in it for the next six miles. And it doesn't matter which way you turn your steering wheel. Wheel. Our, our brains have these pathways and traces, and I want to say ruts in them, they're called neural pathways. And our thoughts operate along them really quite automatically. At the stem of our brain, we've got something called a rectilia activation system, and, and that is a conglomeration of nerves that have remembered some of our responses and some of the things that, that keep us safe. If we hear a bump in the night, the rectilia activation system wakes you up and says, there's danger. It's your fight and flight response. And over time, we have built patterns in the stem, the stem behind our brain and the, the traces and ruts in our brain so that our thinking operates automatically along these pathways. These neural pathways and our rectilia activation system may reinforce what we've already believed, what we already think. We've got historical stories in our, in our mind so that we, we keep believing what we're believing and it stops us moving forward in our thinking unless we get a hold of it intentionally. Let me say something really startling today. What the Bible offers us is that we can rewire our brain. For those of you who know me, you know that I love Homes Under the Hammer. I love that show, don't you? <coughs> now, I, now I, just to be clear, I don't watch it in the day when I'm supposed to be working. We do record it because sometimes the one show just isn't good, is it? Anyway, so uh, most of you will know if you watch Homes Under the Hammer that one of the things that most properties need is a rewire job. And I don't know about you whether you've ever rewired something and you put the wrong wire to the wrong terminal and the wrong thing lights up and you think, oh, that's not right. But what we want to say today is that eventually you can build new rewiring in your mind and in your brain. You can develop new thought patterns so that you can learn new things. It's hard, but the Holy Spirit will help you, but you can learn a different way of thinking so that you can change. I, I've been in this church uh, 13 years, and when, when some of you, and we do welcome you, and uh, some of you don't really know BCC the way that BCC, when it's, when it's really uh, hopping and bopping, and it's, it's really going, you know, uh, and I, I love the worship here, and then some people break out into this dance called the Electroglide Slide, and after 13 years, I still don't know how to do it. I kind of join in and move forward and move, move to the side, turn around, go. I don't know what I'm doing. And it's because I've never really taken the time to wire my brain to learn that. 
There'll be lots of congregation members out there saying, I'll teach you, Pastor Mark, because it is really embarrassing when you join in. You see, our brains operate in these patterns, these habits. Some of you drove here today, and then you forgot what you were doing when you were driving because your mind wandered and you were just driving automatically. How safe are our roads? But we need to replace some of these patterns with what I'm going to call a trench of truth. You see, it's really hard, isn't it, not to just do things automatically. Let me prove it to you. If you get a text, how hard is it not to just check your phone straight away? How hard is it not to just respond? It's because you have wired your brain to respond in certain ways. And so what we're going to try to do is not just change our behavior, but with the Holy Spirit, we want to dig underneath this transformation process, dig down deep, and so that we can cut the behavior off at its source, at the lie that's fueling that behavior, and then replace the pathway that repeats that behavior and leads to that behavior. You see, a rut is an unintentional uh, pattern that just you just follow what you've already thought. And it's unintentionally created. Uh, it's, it has no purpose, but it does need a repair. Now, a trench of truth is intentionally redigging something, making a different pattern for a specific purpose and fixing some existing patterns. A, a trench is a new thought pattern that we're going to create. It's going to be a different way of thinking, but we're going to have to repeat it to embed it in there in our minds. You see, we need to begin to believe that the Word of God has power if we'll embed it into us. What does Psalm 119, 11 say? I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Some of you here today, you are saying to yourself, why do I do what I do? You've got to put some truth into your heart and mind and begin to redig those thought patterns. This is how we're going to do it. This is how we're going to rewire our brain. And we are going to come to the ancient practice of what the Bible talks about meditation. But let me describe what the Bible says about meditation before we get into it. Because, you see, many of us think that meditation is just sitting in front of a candle emptying our minds. It's not that. Biblically, this is how we rewire our brain. We're going to first identify the, the, the counter to the truth or the lie that, is what, how, that makes us think the way we think. We have to, like I said the other week, that we have to get to that stronghold that says you're always going to fail. And we're going to say to the Lord, Lord, my life is in your hands. I believe what your word says of me, that you've got destiny and purpose for me. Amen? And so, so we have to get to that first. And then when we've identified the light, this is the little change I want you to make this week. We want to write a truth declaration down about us. Write it as if it was true, even if you don't fully believe it yet. 
And when you write it, you see, you change something. You see, when those of you who are romantic, you wrote love letters to your intended wife, didn't you? Okay, they're obviously a very unromantic church. Or you texted. By texting or writing, you see it, it, you see back at it, you write it, it begins to change the way you think. Once you wrote that love letter, it was a step further in your commitment to your lovely wife. And Kathy saved all my love letters in a massive folder. She can hardly, sometimes she goes through them and she, you know, it's a whole two days of reading my love letters. Isn't that not true, Kathy? You've got to write it and then you've got to confess it over your life. Write it, think it, confess it. Now, when we talk about confession, you see, what I'm talking about is confessing something over your character, over your thinking. I'm not talking about the confessing that says, Lord, give me a Mercedes. You know, I'm not talking about getting things. I'm talking about confessing something that will change your character. So understand that difference. Write it, think it, confess it, and this will build new pathways. And although it feels foolish at first, and it seems hard at first, you have to write it, then declare it. Now, for many of you who say, well, well, this feels hard. It's like when you uh, walk in a garden to, on a garden path. If you walk along the garden uh, in the same direction, in the same route for a long time, you'll eventually wear a path over the grass to your door. And then you might think to yourself, actually, that's not a good route for my garden. I'm going to walk a different route. And at first, when you walk on the fresh grass, it's harder. You'll be tempted to go back on the pathway that you've already trodden. But as you walk on that grass and you'll tread a different pathway, the old pathway will overgrow. And eventually, that will be harder than the new one that you do. But it takes a while to do it. For those of us here today, and for all of us watching online, we, we might feel that well, I haven't got the confidence to put my best self forward. Well, this is how this works. The Word of God says, I am more than a conqueror through Him who loves me. And so that I do not need to be afraid that I can make my contribution because I know that God is with me. I will always play my part and not hold back. What if you wrote that down as a declaration? The Bible says, I am more than a conqueror through Him who loves me. So I can play my part because I know that He is with me. What if you wrote that down on a little post note or, or in a little notebook or on your phone in your notes app and you looked at that once a day or three times this week and you made that declaration, that would begin to change how you're thinking. Can I hear an amen from someone? Now, I know that some of you will be thinking, well, this seems so hard. It seems a little bit weird, but is it weird? Because I'm going to teach you something about what the Bible says about meditation. 
You see, maybe another declaration says, your word says that you will supply all my needs. So I will not be afraid to, uh, I will not be afraid that I will run out or be in lack, but I will be a good steward and I will be generous. You see, there are two planks to God's provision, good stewardship and generosity. If you miss out the stewardship and only have the generosity, it doesn't work. If you only have the stewardship without the generosity, it, it is never as powerful as what what God can do. So why don't you write a little, gener- a little declaration down, a truth declaration that says, your word will supply, says it will supply all my needs. So I will not be afraid of lack, and I will be a good steward and be generous. What if you wrote that down, and you put that in a notebook, and then you read that? Then that would begin to change your fear about your provision. You see, let me say, let me tell you something. Every day, we are all subject to unintentional thinking. In fact, some scientists say that 500 times per day, for 14 seconds, about two hours, you will have an unintentional thought in your mind. Obviously, an illustration of this is, you know when you're on your phone and then a notification comes up and you go, ooh, and you're trying to do something, but all these notifications keep coming up. Well, that's what it's like in your brain. The actually unintentional thinking comes into our minds uh, repeatedly and often. We need to expose our minds to what's called intentional thinking, to the things that you want it to absorb. You see, your mind absorbs what it's exposed to. If you allow a thought pattern, it will come out in your life eventually. So if you will expose your mind to intentional thought patterns, even though it feels wooden, even though it feels a bit kind of strange, this ancient practice of meditation, which I'm going to just teach you in a moment. This ancient practice is going to change the way that you think when it will change the way that you live. Expose your mind to intentional thinking instead of just letting your mind have whatever comes into it. Now, you know this. Those people you've studied, you had to study in order to get that into your mind. And then eventually, that which you had to learn, you do it almost without thinking. That's what I'm saying. Let's get some truth trenches built. You know, the Bible backs this up in Romans chapter 8, verse 5. It says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with what the Spirit has have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. You see, you've got to intentionally Take your focus from that which is killing you, that thought pattern which is making you angry, that pattern which is making you to unforgive people, and put it on what God desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. To change your life, you have to change your thinking. And Make a new declaration. So here's the plan. You can write this down. And our online pastors will, will put it on the feed. Write it, think it, confess it, 
until you believe it. I'm going to say it slowly, and you say it under your mask with me. Write it, think it, confess it, until you believe it. Now, for some of you, you're saying, oh, this feels so wooden, it's so hard. But one more time, before, so that we are clear, you have to identify that rut. You have to identify that old thought pattern. Create a new pattern of truth in your mind, a, a trench of truth, a pattern of thinking around God's Word. And the way that you do that is write it down as a declaration. Think about it. Not just doing it like, you know, without any thought and, and like it rote learning. No, you think about it and think, what does this mean? Does it mean I have to do things? Think about it and then confess it. You see, we're not confessing just as a parrot would confess or repeat. We're confessing on the basis that we've thought about it and we've activated our belief into it. So we write it, we declare it, write it, think it, confess it, until you believe it. It's hard at first, it takes work, but it will change you. And at the end of this service, I'm going to ask you to, to just do three declarations this week of what you need and, and see. And as you do that for a few weeks, you will see the change. I feel like a doctor writing a prescription. Will you take the prescription? You see, I just want to wrap up today by saying, put it on repeat. And this is where I bring in all the science to the Bible. Look, we all have a favorite playlist, don't we? I don't know about you, when you hear a new song, I play it over and over and over again so I can learn it. What's so different of what I'm asking you to do? And we have a favorite play playlist, don't we? And that we, we kind of go back to. We need to repeat a playlist of truth. We need a repetition of truth in our minds and our hearts, and it'll be enjoyable. The Scripture, by asking us to meditate, that's exactly what the Scripture is asking us to do. It's asking us to repeat what we know is true, but might not be true for us. That's what meditation is. The Bible says that the Lord said to Joshua, keep the book of the law always on your lips. He had to confess it. Meditate on it day and night. Meditation wasn't just thinking of a candle of an empty space. It was write it out. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Isn't that? We talked about the science, but let's talk about the Bible. The Bible is saying, if you will go over this, if you will declare it and meditate on it, if you will think about it, if you will confess it, if you will say it from your lips, eventually you'll rewire your brain so that you can begin to think properly. Psalm chapter 1, verse 2 says this, but those who, de who delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. You see, you've got to repeat it. Now, I, I, I don't want to upset you. I know that it's nearly lunchtime and uh, you've heard this phrase before, but let me teach you actually what 
when a cow chews the cud, what that actually means. Do you know how that actually works? A cow eats some grass and it takes the nutrients out of it and it chews it up and it chews it up, it chews it up, and then you know what it does? It throws it back up and chews it again. It's, got, it's horrible, isn't it? Please don't do this in your Sunday lunch. But, but it does it so that it can get the every bit of nutrient and then it swallows it again it ruminates around a little bit. And then you know what it does? It throws it back up again. And it's horrible, isn't it? Am I making anybody feel sick yet? You know, and it chews it again. That's what biblical meditation is. That you take a truth, that you think about it, that you digest it, and then you think about it again. Then you confess it. Then you think about it. Then you confess it again. And then you go over it. You have to repeat it to make sure that you've got it. Because what the Bible is doing is saying, we want your mind to be transformed all of your life. There have been repeated lies given to you all of your life. And that we've got to unwire that, rewire that. You see, lies come through repetition. Satan, he's not creative. He's just repetitious. He's, he's not creative. He's just going to say, you're a failure. You're a failure. You're a failure. Because that's how he speaks. You're a failure. You're a failure. And he'll do it over and over and over and over again. You're a drunk. You'll never be anything but a drunk. And God is trying to break through and say, that is not true of you. That will not be true of you. I do have freedom for you. You see, if you are a drunk, if you are addicted... If you, if you just can't break that smoking habit, if you, can't, if you can't get through, the Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so you have to say to yourself, well, if the Spirit of the Lord is with me, I can break through to freedom. You've got to repeat it to yourself. Because when that temptation comes, you can rewire your brain. The only thing that Satan is, he's not powerful he just is repetitive. We've been told things over and over again. For instance, how many of you believe this old wives' tale? You only use 10% of your brain. Not true. It's just as we've popularly been told it over and over again. How many of you believe that vitamin C can present, prevent a cold? Many of you are going to throw your Bibles at me right now when I tell you, actually, if you research the science, it's not true. You've just been told it over and over again. Many of you will start Googling. Don't Google yet until after the service. This is the point. As you repeat and believe the truth and think about it and meditate and ruminate on it and, and think again, your life will begin to move in the right direction. The life coach, Zig Ziglar, said it this way. Repetition is the mother of all learning and the father of all action, which makes it the architect of all accomplishment. As you repeat and believe, it's like you're thinking in a new language. It's like that you can rewire your brain. It's like that your thoughts change. And as your thoughts change, 
You will change the way that you respond to life. And as you respond to life in a biblical, in a thoughtful, and a spirit-led way, you will change your life. I decided to go on this Healthy Mind series. I felt the Lord impressed on me that we've all been talking so much about mental health. I want to talk about biblical mindset. Will you please stand with me? The Bible says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, present your request to God. Why don't we confess that right now? Your word says, I am not to be anxious. I give you my anxious thoughts, Lord, because you have said at any time I can pray to you. You see, if you wrote that little confession down, and every on Monday you read it, and you just read it and said, well, I didn't feel anything, but then... And then on Tuesday, you said, you know what? The Bible says not to be anxious, but I can pray to you at any time. And I declare that I will pray to you at any time. You begin to rewire your worrisome mind because you would stop that rut that keeps you going down to worry. I came along to serve you today. I wonder if you just lift your hand with me right in the house. Holy Spirit, would you now breathe into our minds the truth that we need to hear that's right for us? Holy Spirit, wherever you're watching online, would you just lift your hand out right now? Holy Spirit, what is that truth that I need in my mind? I want to say to you, write it down. Make a declaration about it. Holy Spirit. You see, Christians, don't you know that the Bible says that if you believe in your heart, see, that's not enough, but confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. We've stopped confessing things. The Greek word for confession is homeologos. Say the same word that God is saying. In, in 1 John, it says, make a good confession. It's not just repeating things, parrot fashion or, or unthoughtfully, but it's carefully saying what God says so that that can become true over your life. And that's more about character and direction than it is about claiming things. In fact, stop claiming things and start confessing that you want to be a different person. And all these things, leave them up to God. Holy Spirit, we now ask you to make a good confession. If you're here today, if you're watching online and you don't know Jesus... And you, say, you, you have heard me speak and you say, I want a new life. My life is not in a good place. Maybe right now, maybe perhaps you're in the building. You perhaps would raise your hand with me and say, Pastor Mark, would you pray with me? Yeah, I see your hand, my friend. 
Is there anyone else you want to say, you know what, I want a new life? Is there anyone else you want to say, I want a new life? Yeah, God bless you. I want a new life. And I confess you as Lord right now. Holy Spirit, fill our hearts with the right confession. And so, say this prayer with me, everyone. Lord Jesus, I come to you now. Forgive me. I confess to you that I've not lived for you. And I confess that I need you. Come into my heart. Give me a new life. I am sorry. I receive you now. 